This is called the Marshmallow Challenge. Now there are two versions of this. One of them involves a very young child. Some of you guys may have them and put them in a room with a marshmallow and, and tell them if they can make it five minutes. Without eating the marshmallow, you'll come back and give them another one. It's kind of a fun game. Imagine your kid trying to stare at a marshmallow for five minutes and not eat it. But we're not gonna play that game. You guys aren't little kids. Um, we're gonna play a little game. And the way that this works, you guys have 20 pieces of spaghetti on your table. You have a approximately three foot piece of string. You've got one marshmallow. And when I say go, you're gonna go in the back of the room and grab a piece of tape. Why did we do this? How many of you guys literally built nothing? How many of you guys got nothing off the ground? Be honest. How many of you guys didn't get more than a foot off the ground? How about that? What's interesting is that in all of the times that this has been done, the people like you guys in this room typically fare the worst. People that are business people fare the worst in this exercise. And who is it that fares the best? Kids. Kids. Exactly. Why do kids fare better than a bunch of business people? Beautiful. This guy is just like leading me right down where I want to go. I love it. I'm just gonna, we're just going to like lock in, dude. That's what it is, is as business people, you guys are all here. I mean, I see charts being drawn. I see all kinds of crazy shit happening, right? Everybody's trying to plan and plan. It took you guys seven minutes before you connected anything together because you guys sat there and planned the entire time. While well, you guys, other people over here just started going vertical as fast as they possibly could. The majority of the kids, when they win this, theirs looks like a dinosaur. They didn't even realize they were building tall. They just were like, let's just dive in. Let's build something really cool. And they built these cool looking structures that were like dinosaurs. And they actually were similar to what you guys built with twice as many legs so it was more stable and the metaphor and the reason that we did this one it was kind of fun two was to understand that those beliefs that that were just so concerned about well what if this what if that what if this what if that that thing that held you guys back from even starting for seven minutes versus these guys who just dove in head first and just started going for it if we can take that same thing and quit spending seven minutes analyzing the what ifs and then just dive in there head first right out of the gate if we can apply that same principle to our business to our prospecting, to our lead follow-up, to our open houses, to door knocking, to all these different things and all these opportunities that are out there. If we would just dive into these things and get out of our own fucking heads, all these limiting beliefs, all these things that we tell ourselves, all these things that we're concerned with, well, what if they, what if they slam the door in my face? What if they tell me to fuck off? What if this, what if that? If we could get rid of all that stuff and we could just blindly go after it and not be concerned about all the what ifs, what would happen to our business? blow up, right? So that's why we wanted to do this. We wanted to show you guys the potential of just going for something, not spending, you know, normally you have 18 minutes for this exercise. It comes from a TED talk, it's, you know, based on our timeline today, we had 10. So we put you guys under the gun a little bit and some of you guys buckle. I mean, literally there's nothing vertical on some of these tables right now. They're literally as flat as could be. Some because they fell down, some because they never went up. But I want you guys to take this exercise and run with this. Take this the next time you're thinking about Dude, oh, I don't know if I want to make that call, whatever. That's the same thing that held teams back from actually going vertical. So just think about that. Think about if we just go for it, we don't think, we just go. You trust in us, trust in Steven and I. Our job is to go out there and point you in the right direction. And when we point you guys, just go, just run. And amazing things are gonna happen for you guys. All right, so there's a second reason that we did this exercise. And I talked to my team about it a little bit this week. And I've actually done even more research since I first heard it, but I was listening to Tom Bilyeu. He does a podcast called Impact Theory, um, does a lot of YouTube videos, really inspirational. Um, we in met him at a Tom Ferry event recently and talked about something that was really profound for me. And 
that is, like, what is my role? What is Stephen's role in our groups? Our role is to go out and find opportunities for you. And the analogy that was used is in the fishing industry. Traditionally, when somebody wants to go fishing, especially out in the ocean, what do they do? Right, they've got their boat on a dock, and they roll out, and they cruise out into the ocean, and it's this thing that takes up like 70-something percent of the world, this gigantic body of water. And they just cruise out there somewhat blindly, just kind of, all right, well, let's cruise around and let's look for some fish. And they've got a fish finder, which is cool, but how does a fish finder work? Like, it's just pointed straight down at the bottom of the ocean, and if they happen to run over some fish, they're probably going to catch and pick up some of those fish as they cruise over them. But the majority of the time, they're out in the middle of this ocean, and they're just cruising around, cruising around, cruising around, just wasting fucking gas all day long, getting seasick. It just This sucks, right? But then finally they, oh, boo, we hit some fish, and they throw some lines in the water, and they catch a couple. And then they get back in the boat and just cruise around aimlessly for the rest of the day, and Sometimes you never catch any fish. It's not very efficient, right? It's probably not the most efficient way to do things. Some of us in our business do that same thing. We just kind of blindly walk around all day, everybody day, just kind of, oh, this is a buyer, hey. And then, oh, there's a buyer there. And then we just kind of cruise around and hopefully we stumble over something like that. But what's changed in the fishing industry is something that's called plane spotting. And there's actually companies now that you can pay them a subscription price. And in exchange, these companies, they fly around in a plane over this gigantic ocean covering you know, acres and acres and acres of space looking for schools of fish in the ocean. So instead of your boat that's just looking straight down at the ground hoping you stumble into something, you've got these planes flying around that can cover massive, massive amounts of territory looking for where those fish are so that when they see where those fish are, they post it on their service, or they come over the radio and say, hey, I'm at longitude, da-da-da-da-da, latitude, da-da-da-da, and they tell all the people that are paying them money, boom, here's where the fish are. And then what happens? The boats are like, cool, there's the fish. Boom, let's go and let's catch some fish. So instead of just aimlessly wandering around all day long, hoping they can stumble upon something, they're being very strategic in what they do. And they're not wasting time, they're not wasting energy, they're not wasting effort, they're going, they're fishing where the fish are, as opposed to hoping to find those fish. And so when I thought about that, I really had an epiphany that that's what our job is. That's what Stephen and I do for our teams, is our job is to go out there and look at this massive ocean of real estate. And our job is to find where the fish are, or where the opportunities are in this market. That's what our job is. And there was a little bit of that going on in this room. I saw Nick, in particular, wandering around, looking at all the other tables. Oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? Right? Some of you guys never even went vertical. Where, like, you guys, if you saw what they did, you might have copied it, right? You probably could have done better than what you actually did. You guys literally copied each other exactly. Like, you guys were doing the same freaking thing. <laughs> I'm looking over, you guys were, like, exactly copying because you were watching what other people were doing. You saw, like, oh, they're building that. And that's working, that's actually getting them vertical. Let's do the same thing. But let's maybe try to make it a little bit better. Let's not copy them exactly, but let's see, that's working, let's do that, but let's make it better. That's what our job is for you guys. Our job is to go out there and understand the market that we're in, it's shifting, there's no doubt. Our job is to go out in that market and find those gifts for you guys and put you on the fish or put you in front of those gifts that is the shift. 
And so that's what our job is. That's what we're committed to for you guys is to find those opportunities. So what are some of those opportunities that we see? Let's start by what's going down, the number of agents. I don't have this proven, but this was spoken at a recent Keller Williams meeting. NAR membership is already down 20% from the same time last year. Think about that, 20% is gone. One out of five realtors is already out of this business. That's only going to continue as this changes, as people get in their head, oh my God, the market's crashing, what am I gonna do? They freak the fuck out. Cool, get the fuck out, we don't need you. It's a beautiful thing. So you're, going, you're already seeing it and you're gonna see a lot more agents get out of the business. I love that, that's a huge opportunity. Less competition is always great. You're gonna see a lot of the discount brokers exit the business. Tom talked about that a little bit. These guys that are doing this stuff at 1%, the only way that that 1% thing works is if they can do massive volume. It's hard to do massive volume when you've got closed sales trending down and you've got the amount of work it takes to sell a home going up. Well, those guys aren't doing the work that it takes to actually go out there and sell homes. Therefore, they can't sell the number of homes that they need to scale a 1% model. You're gonna see a lot of those discount brokers exit the business, even the well-funded ones. I know I've said in the past that Purple Bricks and some of those might survive because they have a lot of funding. They're only gonna make it so far. They can only go so far. A lot of these guys are gonna be gone, especially the, the mom and pop one percenters. Like, those guys are done. Purple Bricks could maybe make it because they got a lot of Wall Street money, but the majority of these one percent guys, they're done. The bus bench guy, done. Bus bench girl, done, they're gone. And third, you're gonna see a lot less FISBOs. And if they do list FISBO, they're gonna be opportunities for you guys. Because just putting your home on Zillow, putting a sign out front, putting it on Craigslist, it's not gonna work in this market. It takes a lot more work than just a simple posting in a couple of these places. So if selling at FISBO doesn't work, what does that mean? They need us. So it was easy in the market that we were in. There were so many opportunities for people to easily just no, I can just throw my home on Zillow and it's gonna sell. And more often than not, the market sold it for them. They didn't do shit to sell it, but it still sold. That's not gonna fly anymore. They need us. Those FISBOs need us in their life. They need us to help them sell their homes. And so if they list as a FISBO, there's even more opportunity for you to come in and take it. But most of them are gonna learn extremely quickly that that method is not gonna work. What's gonna happen is they're gonna get gobbled up by investors. So what are some of the opportunities for us, right? This is our job. This is what we have gone out there and looked at the market and talked to other teams, you know, studied the numbers, studied the charts, the graphs, everything. So what are the opportunities that we've identified for you guys? Number one, expires and canceled. I mean, if there's any area that you guys want to focus on, it's this. Hands down, the number one opportunity in the market today is expires and FISVO, or sorry, expires and canceled. I know in San Diego in particular, there's already 50% more in the month of October than there was October last year. 50% increase year over year. That's massive, guys. That's huge opportunity for us to take advantage of that. So I really wanna encourage you guys, we're gonna um, break out into some mastermind dinners later. One of the masterminds is really gonna be focused on expireds, cancels, and FISBOs, and door knocking, and that kind of stuff. So when we do break out, we'll have a breakout specifically for that, for those of you guys that wanna go after it, because that's a huge opportunity. And most people are scared shitless of going after those. And so if we know that the majority of people are scared, bless you, Brian. If we know that the majority of people are scared to go after that, then that's exactly where we need to be going. In San Diego County, there's 25,000 realtors 
If you ask the typical FISBO how many phone calls they get the day they expire, it's maybe 50, maybe 100. So what, 100 out of 25,000 have the balls to call them? That's opportunity, right? It's a massive opportunity for you guys. Short sales. Short sales are back. They're not coming back, they're back. If somebody bought with a VA loan in the last year and they need to sell today, they are upside down. They are not selling for a profit right now. Um, I know Jeremy just went on one this past week. How much upside down were they gonna be after fees? Yeah, 30 grand, and they bought within the last year. And if they sell today, they're $30,000 upside down. I don't know if you guys are aware, a lot of you guys haven't been in the business for more than five years. That's called a short sale. When you sell a home short of what you owe the bank, it's called a short sale. Short sales are back. So we'll have a training in our office. I know Steven's gonna get something set up for his office, but we're having the number one short sale negotiator in San Diego come into our office to specifically do a training to make sure that we have the tools that we need to take advantage of those. Because when you do run into that listing appointment and you've gotta be the one to tell the seller you're 30 grand upside down, and they're like, well, what the fuck do I do? You're gonna know what to do. The other realtors, they're not gonna have a clue what to do. <clears throat> investors, I love investors. We listed a short sale recently and brought in one of my investors to buy the short sale. So I got double-ended, beautiful, right? We love double-ending deals. But the beautiful part about investors is it doesn't stop there. So I got that deal at such a good price for my investor that they said, you know what, we'll even relist the property with you. I was like, Sweet, that's a triple-ender. And now here's the beautiful thing. We brought the buyer. We quadruple-ended a single transaction. So what started out as a $400,000 short sale ended up being $1.6 million in volume for us. Yeah. Fucking beautiful, right? I love it. And so all those investors, right? We've had all these investors calling us for the last few years. And we've been like, they're like, yeah, I need to buy it 75% of market value or whatever. And we've been like, whatever, bro. Yeah, that, that's, market's crazy. That's not happening. That's happening now. If you go into a market, I've got a listing in a neighborhood right now and we send our seller an update every week. He's got 13 competing homes active on the market within a half mile. That's 13 people whose homes aren't selling. If I went in there and I offered all 13 of those people 75% of market value, I bet you one of them's gonna take it. Those opportunities are back. So I want to encourage you guys, those, all those investors that you shot down over the years, those are gonna be some of your best friends and they're gonna create a lot of opportunities for you guys. Um, seniors, this is a beautiful thing. The baby boomer generation is aging up right now. There are 18 million people turning 55 or older in the next 10 years, 18 million. It's insane how many people are aging up right now. And when people age up, they sell. Whether they sell because they have this massive two-story home that they can't handle anymore. They don't want to deal with going up and down the stairs. They don't want to deal with cleaning it. That happens a lot, and I don't know about you, but I like selling big-ass homes that are two stories. That's one. And two, they're aging up to the point where they maybe can't take care of themselves anymore. They need some help, so whether it be assisted living, memory care, independent living, whatever the case may be, they need that care. And that shit's not cheap. The community that's right near our office, you're talking five to $10,000 a month to live there. How many people were smart enough to save up to where they could afford five or $10,000 a month for a living expense? Not many, right? So what do they do? They sell their house. The gal that I talked to at the office said approximately 80% of the people that move into their community have a home to sell. 
80% that move into these senior communities. And now let's be safe. Let's just shoot her down and say she was crazy and smoked too much weed, that is, 50%. Let's just shoot there. But think about that. 50% of the people moving in these senior communities need to sell their home. It's a huge opportunity for us. And the beautiful part is they're not just people that are like, I'll sell if I get my price. They need to sell. They need that care. They're moving to that facility because they have to. It's not always a choice. Sometimes it's a choice. Sometimes it's not a choice. They have to go there. They need that memory care. Um, so there's a huge opportunity with seniors to help those guys. Who else has to sell? Relocation. Like it or not, the chart that I saw recently that talks about which states have the most um, inbound versus outbound migration, guess where California falls on the top 50 states? Fucking floor. Nobody's coming to California. Everybody's leaving California right now. We have the highest rate of outbound migration of all the states in the entire country. So a lot of people that are leaving California right now. Mostly Texas and Florida are one and two on that list for where they are going. San Diego is number 50 of where they're going. People are not coming here because of how expensive the cost of living, the taxes, everything. So you have a lot of people that are leaving. And a lot of times they're leaving because of work. They're going for other opportunities in other states. Well, what if we can find those companies that are moving? And when you hear the news that Active is like a run, uh, they're a running company. They got bought by a company in Texas and everybody's moving out there. Maybe we could run ads on social media targeting people that work for the company Active. Um, you know, all of that stuff. Or we can go to some of these bigger corporations that have relocation departments and we can build relationships with those guys. And when they've got employees that are relocating out of state, we can be the agent that works with them. And when people are relocating, again, it's not a, a choice to sell. Their, their jobs are relocating. They have to sell. I mean, that's why the one that Jeremy talked to, it's, it's a work relocation. They have to sell. They really don't have a choice. So there's a lot of opportunity there. And the last one is a lot of you guys focus primarily on buyers. Your first-time buyers are going to be the best opportunity. One of the issues that we have right now is the interest rates have ticked up, right? My interest rate on my house is 2.875. If I go buy a house today, it's 4.875. So let's say I, I upgrade half a million bucks, that upgrade is almost equivalent to a million dollar upgrade at the same interest rate. So you're not gonna see as much of the move up, but you're gonna see a lot more of the first time buyers because what's gonna happen right now, especially in Moreno Valley, the rent versus price ratio, if anything, it's probably cheaper to own in Moreno Valley than it is to rent. And if prices take a little bit of a dip, now it's gonna be even more affordable to own than it is to rent. And so there's an opportunity for us to educate people the fact that they could go out there and they could actually buy a home and it's gonna be much less expensive than renting that. And that's a huge opportunity. So for those of you guys that do work with buyers, you're gonna have a lot of opportunity because there is gonna be more inventory. There is gonna be that seller that's willing to take the low ball offer. And there are gonna be people that are sick of paying, I mean, in my neighborhood it's $2,700 to rent a three bedroom condo, that's nuts. They can go buy it and own it for like 2,500. So if we can do our job and go out there and educate people to that opportunity, that's a huge opportunity for us. So that is what the opportunities are that we're spotting in the market. If you enjoyed what you heard today and would like more content like this, then join the Whistleway Facebook page. And until next week, thanks for joining us on the Whistleway podcast.